situation we're facing. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Throughout history, uh, the Jewish people have faced many trials and tribulations that have threatened to destroy them individually and collectively. Amen. And uh, ancient events often brought the Jews into conflict with other nations. Uh, the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel, deported the people, never allowing them to return. The Babylonians destroyed the first temple, exiled the people. The Romans raised the second temple. Then we get into European history, which reveals many massacres and uprising against the Jews, uh, most infamous being the Holocaust, uh, to which all other events pale in comparison. Um, as you read about these events, you'll find that the Jews chose to maintain their unique sense of identity. They continue to go to the synagogue, observe rituals and feasts. For example, uh, under the terrible leadership of Adolf Hitler, the Germans forced the Jews to wear yellow stars of David to identify themselves. And the Germans placed the Jews in concentration camps and killed them. Nevertheless, uh, many Jews remained faithful to God, held on to their heritage, no, no matter what they faced. And so we turn our attention this morning uh, in class to uh, an individual in the Bible whose story shows that same determination to, to remain faithful to God. He lived a good life even though he faced difficult circumstances after being exiled to Babylon and then seeing the Persians rise to power. He demonstrated tremendous courage despite the penalty of death. Uh, throughout his life, he stayed true to the Lord, even when his circumstances improved. He did not turn his back on God. Many of us, many folks, when things are hard, we turn to God. Yet when things are good, we're like, got it. Thanks, God. Got me out of that. So I'm good now. He, he, he remained faithful through the good and the bad. And that man is, is Daniel, if you haven't figured that out. And so today we're going to continue our morning series about how God is faithful. God is faithful. That's what we've been talking about this morning. And as we dive into the story of Daniel, watch for this truth about God. God's favor in our lives is not dependent on ideal circumstances. God's favor in our lives is not dependent on ideal circumstances. We so often equate smooth sailing with God's favor or that we need smooth sailing to see God's favor in our lives. But again, 
God's favor in our lives is not dependent on ideal circumstances. That's the truth about God. And then here's the truth for our lives that we should capture this morning. I will trust God to deliver me from my trials. I will trust God to deliver me from my trials. So this morning we're going to be talking about standing tall on his knees. Standing tall on his knees. Uh, This is one of the dark times in Jewish history. Uh, Because of their sin and turning to idolatry, God allowed and used the Babylonian Empire to come destroy Israel. Uh, They destroyed the temple, as I mentioned, Solomon's temple. uh, Began exiling people back to Babylon, killed a lot of folks, but did take some of the uh, brightest and and, and ones that could be valuable to their empire uh, back to Babylon. And... uh, and, uh, that, that's where Daniel comes in. He was the, one of the first deportees. And so the book of Daniel is filled with stories about himself, about others in exile, and then the Lord began to use him in his writings in, in the prophetic as well. Um, so imagine those early days, recently captured, shipped off to a foreign land. Uh, no longer you have cheese curds. You don't have Culver's, you know. I mean, you don't have Anna's Pizza in Sun Prairie. So good. If you have never gone there, big plug for her uh, or that place. Amen. It's good pizza. Um, you know, you don't have, you know, the, the Woodman's and the grocery stores. You know, that's one thing I remember in Germany. You know, you had about, I don't know, you had, I think I've said this before, you had like six Kellogg's brands of cereal, Rice Krispie, Frosted Flakes, and then you had muesli, you know, and all that junk. Um but here, what, there's like two, two aisles, you know, two sides, and it's just like, you know, man, you can get Captain Crunch, but you can get Captain Crunch with berries, Captain Crunch with peanut, peanut butter, you know, Cheerios is a better example, you know, there's chocolate, cinnamon, apple cinnamon, I mean, honey nut Cheerios, you know, and they all taste like cardboard, but, you know, <laughs> You have options. Imagine going to a place, you know, being carted off to North Korea and, you know, who knows what it's like there. And so you're in a strange land, foreign land. Everything you know has been ripped out from under you. Strange city, different customs, different beliefs, and you were the conquered person. And so your life is, you know, worth nothing and to them. Uh, maybe, yeah, you came from noble heritage and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, you just hope that they're not going to make a spectacle of you. And uh, your, your goals probably at this point are simply to survive, make it to the next day. And, and so Jewish exiles get there, and the king gives this order. This is King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 1, 3 through 4, and I'm reading the New Living Translation. Then the, co- the king ordered Ashpenaz, that's a cool name, um, his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. And then he says this, select only strong, healthy, good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they're well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. So Daniel is one of those who was chosen. He's strong, he's healthy, he's good-looking, well-educated, has good judgment and everything going for him. Um, Daniel could have taken the easy path to fit in, and not only fit in, but find success in the Babylonian Empire. Um, And he could have done it in 
uh, different ways. This young man faced a very difficult decision of whether he would remain true to godly values or obey all of the new influences around him. As you read the book of Daniel, you find out that he chooses wisely to be faithful to God, faithful to the one true God. Right away, an opportunity, and this is in Daniel 1, uh, uh, an opportunity to demonstrate his faithfulness presents itself when Daniel and his friends refused to drink the king's wine or eat of the king's meat. Um, it doesn't really say why, but perhaps enjoying the king's fare portrayed a level of friendly alliance with the king that they found unacceptable. Or the Babylonians had made a meat offering to their gods and poured out a drink offering to their false deities. Either way, Daniel and his friends asked to eat vegetables and water. <laughs> I, would have, I would have been out by then. So, <laughs> Lord, I'll serve you, but I'm not. No. <laughs> My wife's not in here. Help me, Lord. Um, <laughs> the person in charge, any one of you can just do this. Any one of you just like, Phil, stop, okay? Uh, you, you have my permission. <laughs> uh, the person in charge of the Hebrew boys feared that uh, they would not fare as well as the under, others under his charge, but God blesses Daniel's commitment to righteousness. And at the end of a 10-day test, Daniel and his friends looked better than the others and, and found favor in the Lord. Uh, later in, in chapter 2 of Daniel, uh, they faced the, the difficult task of being asked to interpret a dream, even though King Nebuchadnezzar could not remember the dream. And basically, he goes into a rage and is like, I'm just going to kill all y'all if you guys don't interpret my dream. Talk about a, a, a difficult situation. Confronting his own death and the demise of his friends, the slaughter of the wise men of Babylon, Daniel asked for time to pray. Again, that was his foundation. Daniel prayed to the God of wisdom, and God answered Daniel. He told King Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his dream, and as a result, uh, the king advanced Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You may be familiar with them from the fiery furnace. That's also talked about in Daniel. And they advanced those four guys in the kingdom. And Daniel knew the secret to his success was his relationship with God, his faithfulness to prayer, wasn't trying to uh, fit into the Babylonian system and to take their customs, but to stay true, stay faithful. He, he wasn't successful uh, because he tried to adopt their lifestyle. He was, it was built on the success of his prayers, and as a result of his prayers, due to his consistent prayer life, Daniel developed an excellent spirit. Psalms 19.14, King David wrote this, Let the words of my mouth... And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Daniel embodied that verse. The words of his mouth, the meditations of his heart were acceptable in God's sight. And so Daniel had a wonderful attitude, a wonderful spirit. Again, you got to place yourself in that situation. That would be difficult. But he faced it uh, with class, so to speak, with a great attitude. And that old saying, our attitude determines our altitude, how high we go. Uh, we can fly higher when we act appropriately. Nothing could be truer in a king's court. He's serving. He's, he's not just in the kingdom, but he's serving in the court. <clears throat> now he's raised to another level. <clears throat> and in those days, one wrong word could mean demotion, could mean death. All right. Yeah. One wrong look. I don't like how you're looking at me this morning. Some of y'all, you're dead. I'm just, 
Daniel and his three friends needed even more knowledge of decorum and protocol. They, they didn't know everything. They didn't know how you're supposed to act. And, and, you know, they had training. They had the word of God. But they needed, they needed God's wisdom, um, <clears throat> especially as outsiders. His attitude determined his altitude as he rose to one of the most prominent positions in the kingdom. Yet he had achieved such a high altitude. How? By humbling, humbly bowing down in prayer. Uh, despite his prestige in the kingdom, Daniel knew his success came from the Lord. And so his excellent spirit raised him in the ranks. And that was, again, directly results of his relationship with the Lord. So consider your situation this morning. Do you find, do we find ourselves with an, an excellent spirit in the midst of circumstances that are less than ideal? Do we have a posture of prayer from which that excellent spirit can be born? Are we facing, and I'm, I'm going to take a quick... Give me a sec. I've been dealing with some knee issues, and standing for this long is hurting. (laughs) So I'm going to come sit down. Um, And I'll be honest, nice nice timing here, but um, this has been challenging, going through uh, putting this all together. Um, I've struggled with my attitude last few weeks, uh, weekend of December uh, 10th, I think it was, yeah, um, just woke up in extreme pain and went to the urgent care and, you know, they don't really do anything. Um, here's your bill. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> uh, but I could hardly walk and uh, put, pre- put any weight on my knee and uh, huh, standing tall on his knees. Man, I can't stand on my knees. Sorry, I just saw that. How ironic. Um, but uh, it's limited me physically. As you can see, I can't. It, anyways, long story. If you really want to know, you can ask me later. But, um, but working on my left ankle forced my right knee to blow out and, or just bursitis, they say. And so it's been really frustrating. And so this portion, putting this together, was really challenging uh, to me, and, and it's a challenge to all of us. Are we truly humbling ourselves before the Lord to allow him to, to work in us? Am I really humbling myself to not have a bad attitude about uh, my knee? And uh, I'll, I'll say I haven't, <laughs> haven't been too successful, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm struggling in that area, and that's that we all do. We face physical situations. We face maybe uh, situations in our marriage, and I, I felt actually, I, I, th- I thought I would have to sit down. And I'm like, hey, Bishop sat down. If Bishop can sit down, I can, I can sit down. <laughs> I'm feeling really honored and old and decrepit. And all y'all going to, don't call my mom, Jan. Like, please. I'm so worried about Phil. I, not that you'd say that, but uh, I've had that. I'm so worried about Phil. And then my mom calls me, Mom. 40, I'm getting old. Anyways, um, feeling old. <laughs> uh, where am I? Yeah, so, you know, whatever the situation may be, it can be really frustrating. If not rooted, and we sing about joy, oh, unspeakable joy, and it's like, but where is that? Down deep in my soul. It, it comes out of that relationship with the Lord. And, and so if, if we're not having that relationship, it, it's hard to have a good attitude. 
whatever the situation may be, I mean, we're, we're not in a foreign country. We're, we're not exiles right now. But you know what? It's, you know, uh, it, it can be challenging. It, life can be challenging. And, you know, um, whether it's a good time or bad time, it's like things can face, face us immediately. And it's like, oh, where's my attitude, God? God poured out his favor on Daniel. Um, most remarkably, God continued to support Daniel throughout changing circumstances. Uh, if you see in chapter 5, um, it tells the story of Daniel prophesying that the Babylonian Empire would give way to the Persian Empire. And that very night, uh, what he interpreted uh, on the writing on the wall, prophecy was fulfilled. Persians came in, Medes and Persians, defeated the Babylonians. Boom. Culture change again. This is a whole nother a whole nother society, a whole nother thing. Uh, talk about uncertain times once again. Um, you're not in your homeland. You're a stranger. Now the conquering empire has just taken over. Um, but Daniel not only survived, he also thrived. Um, he, he, just as he had risen in power in the Babylonian empire, even so God raised him above other leaders in the Persian empire. Again, although the laws, customs, and rulers were different, what was the consistent force in Daniel's life? his prayer life, his relationship with God. Everything else could change, but as long as Daniel's connection to the Lord remained strong, the favor of God continued to lift up Daniel. Amen. Daniel stands as a strong example of faithful obedience. And so we too must remain faithful in the midst of changing and sometimes difficult situations. You might face at work an overhaul. Your company gets bought out by another company. And uh, you might fear losing your job, new people, policies, leaders. Uh, wonder if you can manage the challenge ahead. Um, or, or Daniel's life gives us strength to face all types of situations, whether it's like his or other ones. Your marriage, your, your, your job, your school, your schooling, your husband, your wife. <laughs> all sorts of challenging situations. Uh, you know, newlyweds, soon to be. It's bliss right now, you know, and bliss forevermore. However, there's challenges when you take two separate lives and then one doesn't put, you know, wash the dishes the same way. And, it, and it's like, wait a minute, like, this is how you're supposed to know. That's how you were raised. This is how I do it. And, you know, then it's like, OK, how do we work together? You know, and that's that can be challenging, you know, and so I'm not it's not it's bliss. Believe me. But there's going to be challenges, and that's where the relationship of the Lord comes in. Whatever season of life, whatever situation we're facing, kids, oh, help us, Jesus. You know, it's challenging. It's, it's challenging. Amen. Um, although we can't see everything in front of us, we have a God who has gone before us. He knows. He knows. And he's been, he, he knows what's going on and what we need. So let's remember all the great things he, that God has done for us. Too often we worry and fear about tomorrow. But the Bible doesn't say to cast our cares on tomorrow. It says cast our cares on him. So cast them. Don't worry about tomorrow. That's why that scripture it's so, it can be so foreign. Like, you know, don't worry about what tomorrow. You know, tomorrow has enough worry about It's like, yeah, but I got to, you know, I got to figure this out, God. And, and now this happened. And now, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. God's got it. He'll figure it out. He'll help you. God's faithful, and he proves that to us. He proved it to Daniel. During difficult times, Daniel remembered all the ways the Lord had walked with him from Judah all the way to Babylon. Can you imagine all those years later, now the Persians take over, the Medes, Persians, and, 
for him to think back, man, I was sitting in XYZ town in Israel. And look at this, how everything has changed in this short amount of time. But God's still here and I'm still okay. What a, what a cool feeling to be in that. And the, same with us. The storm might be swirling, but God's faithful. And man, God, God is good. Amen. Think about your life this morning. Has he left you? Has he forsaken you? Has he cast you away? Well, I just, I don't feel it. Well, are, maybe the bigger question is, are you praying? Are you talking to him? Maybe that's why you don't feel him. That's, he's there. Maybe you don't see it because you're not engaging with him. And so he's like, all right, I'll, you know, draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to us. It's a, a simple principle. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I'm not blessed with good health. Um, and this is kind of sometimes our, where our thought process goes. My finances are in shambles. My car is breaking down. Yeah, I, I got in the van yesterday morning and started driving. And just, I was like, hey, Dad, is our windshield cracked? I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know how I didn't notice. It's like three feet long. It's like, chink, chink, chink. And I'm like, God, like, so I was, God, my car has got a windshield crack. And then, you know, they hide all these fees. And it's just like, if anyone knows of good windshield repair besides Safe Flight, let me know. I can do a good price. But, anyways, not you, unless you're a professional. <laughs> I'll do it for 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, where are you, God? Why is there a crack in my... Sh- Where's the favor, God? Where's the blessings? I'm supposed to be blessed, God, and not get cracks in my windshield. Church, we've got it wrong if we see the blessings and favor as material in nature. God is ever-present, has always been there, will always be there. He's faithful. And our relationship is the blessing. with, Because with that, we can, we can carry through anything. You know, I... It's crazy how expensive windshields are, you know, but the Lord will provide. God's, God's got it. No, not your $50 blessing. Please don't know. <laughs> Amen. Um, our relationship with him is blessing. The, the God of universe walking alongside us through life's journey. How blessed can we be? He knows all. He can do all. He can provide all. And he can give us wisdom in all things. How blessed are we? Amen. Even in the midst of our, our, our faithful obedience, we may face difficulties. We may face trials. We may face hardships. We may face physical sickness. We even may face persecution. And our human response may be to declare the complete unfairness of our situation. We have no idea why on earth we should be punished, especially when we feel as though we've done everything in our power to do what is good, acceptable, right, pleasing in the sight of God. It's in these moments that we must refuse to give up despite our difficulties. Daniel 6, uh, chapter 6, um, and, and this is the key story for today um, about Daniel. And we're just going to start reading. And we'll talk, talk in, the, in between here. But uh, starting in verse 1, New Living Translation, Darius the Mede, so this is the new king, uh, decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. He appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. So 120 uh, sub-rulers and Daniel's over all of those. 
So he's, you know, it doesn't say, but potentially second in command, third in command type thing. High, high, high up. And he's there to protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. And because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. So you see there was, there was he was going. We, we see in the new Persian reign, God's favor was still on Daniel's life. We talked about that. Which uh, didn't make the other officers around him really happy and so what they do, they conspire against him. Uh, continuing on in verse 4. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. We're going to check it. We're going to watch you. Make sure you're doing everything perfect. Uh, but they couldn't find anything, the scripture says, to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. And so the administrators and high officers, it's interesting, they think the rules of his religion, you know, and that's where some people go wrong, like, oh, these are the rules. No, he, he had a relationship with his God. Interesting thought there. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except for you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now your majesty, this verse 8, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Verse 9, so King Darius signed the law. He got duped. He didn't realize the ramifications of his decree. He was just, you know, a little pride. Yeah, I am the king. They shouldn't, you know, bow down to anybody but me. I'm in charge here. Makes sense. Um, Daniel's co-workers played dirty. And now an important decision had to be made once again in Daniel's life. Does he not pray for 30 days? It, you know, we go, some people go down rabbit trails and like, well, what if this and this and this? And it's like, this is one of those, like, what if Daniel didn't pray for 30 days? Would God have been okay? I don't, I don't know. You know, like, well, you saved your life. So I, <laughs> I'm going to, like, get some of you, like, going on this for now. You're going to go, go study. It'd be fun. Let me know what you find. Because um, it's not in Scripture. <laughs> but does he not pray for 30 days and just ask God for a pass? outlast the schemes and then get back to his devotion? Or does he just keep praying? And the reality is that Daniel knew that his actions weren't going to stop the other guys from take, trying to take him down. So if he had stopped praying, it, it would have, they would have thought of something else. Keep that in mind. But he also saw the big picture. He knew that faithfulness mattered. That's what had kept him all this way. That's what had given the favor. That, that, that's what had propelled him to the place that he was. And so uh, give all that up because of threat of death. And, and, and so he, he had to keep praying. That's what it was in his life. And so w- we may want the Lord to reward us for our faithful obedience, but we must be aware of the worldly resistance that may arise from doing the right thing. When we pray, the Lord blesses us with an excellent spirit, the opportunity for advancements, and others may despise our blessings and seek to harm us or destroy us. And so like Daniel, we must continue praying. Our spirituality is not conditional on our emotions. Think about that. Our relationship with God is not just because you feel like it or don't feel like it or you're feeling down 
or you're frustrated because your knee hurts. It shouldn't, shouldn't uh, be a condition to be like, okay, well, I'm checking out now because until you heal my knee, God, obviously you don't care about me. <laughs> no, you're just getting old and you need to lose a little weight, Phil. I mean, come on. Let's, you know, let's, let's call it what it is. And I'm still here. I still love you. You, just, you know, let's be real here. Oh, man, you don't love me because of my car. Well, no, a rock probably, you know, driving like a crazy man in the snow and, you know, a chunk of ice popped up. Like, you're just, you're a human. You drive crazy. You know, there's results of driving crazy. It's not because I don't love you, Phil, you know. Come on, go get your windshield fixed and stop your whining, you know, type thing. <laughs> I could, that's, that's how I would be if I was God. Thankfully, I'm not. <laughs> Stop your whining, folks, you know. But our, our spirituality is not conditional on our, our emotions. Our faithfulness is not conditional. Instead, it should be consistent, just like Daniel's. Amen. Verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. There wasn't even any discussion in his mind. I mean, I'd be curious. Did he go home and say, like, pray, like, God, what do I do? Or did he just like, eh, you know, dead alliance, we're good. I like lions. I've seen them before. Let's go pray. I, you know, what, what's, what's his thought process? That's, that's, that's what I sometimes wish scripture would, you know, because I'd be freaking out, you know, like I'm going to close all the doors, going to go in the closet, you know, soundproof that room so no one can hear me, see me, and I'm going to pray, you know, like, God, what do I do, you know, type of thing. Like, or, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem. Check it out, folks. He prayed three times a day, just as he's always done, giving thanks to his God. Verse 11, then the officials went together to Daniel's house, you know, with their binoculars and, you know, peeping Tom's there, you know, found him praying, asking for God's help, and so they went straight to the king, tattletales, you know, like little kids here, you know, reminded him about law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person, of course they knew that, you know, but like, you've got to remind you, you know, did you not sign a law that um, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty will be thrown in the den of lions? Of course I did. King replied, that decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Verse 13, then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah is ignoring you and your law. He still praised his God three times a day. You know, like, like at that point, I think King Darius got it. Like, all right, I see what's going on, but I, I can't do anything about it. Verse 14, hearing this, the king was deeply troubled. He tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He liked Daniel. His favor was upon Daniel. Um, but there was the law that was there, and he could do it. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of uh, this predicament. You know, look through the scrolls, find out where's the loophole to my laws that when I give a law, and there was none. Verse 15, in the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So verse 16, at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue. Interesting that he recognized that. He wasn't oblivious to Daniel's devotion to God. He saw it, and he, he, he was high on Daniel. He, he loved the guy. He was a great guy, and, and now he's 
I, I could just see him super mad at the other guys, but he had to uphold his end. He had to be faithful to his laws. Verse 17, a stone was brought, placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seal of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Eight, verse 18, then the king returned to his palace, spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Doing the right thing led Daniel into the, one of the most difficult trials of life. Even King Darius felt sorry for him. Realizing being tricked, uh, we just read it, the king hoped Daniel's God would deliver him. The king could do nothing to help his friend because he had made such a foolish decree. He, he got duped, you know. Um, Daniel's deliverance depended on God and God alone. No one could save him. Daniel's friends couldn't help him. King couldn't help him. Uh, his colleagues wouldn't want to help him because they were the ones who wanted him there. And so what happens? Verse uh, 19. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue from the lions? Verse 21, Daniel answered, long live the king. Give an honor to the king. This is the guy who just signed your death warrant. But he gave honor to the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. Didn't do anything to you. The king was overjoyed, ordered Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. God intervened. It was only God who could intervene, and guess what? He intervened. The Almighty sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. What should have been a terrible ordeal that ended in horrific death proved to be yet another miracle for Daniel. He had walked through the valley of the shadow of death. He had feared no evil, for God was with him. And then the tables are reversed for those who wished ill will. Um, Darius commanded soldiers to round them up, uh, throw them into the lion's den, and uh, the lions had been fasting all night and enjoyed breakfast. Amen. Um, but like Daniel, we, we must trust God to deliver us from our trials. Any, anybody facing a den of lions this afternoon? Oh, Brittany, your kids are not lions. <laughs> so Brittany is. Anybody else? No. We're, we're not facing death by lion. At this point of, 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 of life right now. But we may be facing a tremendously difficult situation. It might be your kids that are lions that roar. And you just want, you know, you just wish like someone would take them for a day. You know, it might be a, a marriage situation. It might be finances. And that's roaring in the back of your head. It might be uh, the car again. It might be something broke down. It might be the furnace. It might be, you know, um, a relationship issue, a family relationship issue with a kid, parent, whatever it may be. Um, in those moments, we can trust God. You can trust God this morning, tomorrow, every day. Uh, he is faithful. He will bring us out. We have to trust him in his way. It's interesting that God did not deliver Daniel from being thrown into the lion's den. He could have. And that probably would have been preferred by Daniel. 
as he's praying that day, knowing he's going to get caught, you know, praying, he's probably thinking, God, I know you, I'm going to trust you, you know. And like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like, if you don't, you know, that's all right. But God, when you do, I'm by faith, when you deliver me, God, can we do it before I'm thrown in? That would be cool. <laughs> but no, he, God allowed Daniel to face death literally face to face. You think, again, put yourself in that situation. Please don't eat me. Please don't eat me. Please don't eat me. Please don't eat me. You know, one eye open all night long. Like, man, lion's breath stinks, you know. Like, all the thoughts, like, don't agitate him, you know. Or did he, like, pet him? And, like, you know, you, you see it as a kid. You saw all the, like, the, you know, the, the pictures of it, and he's laying with his arm around him. Or was he in the corner, like, I found a little crack here. Hopefully they'll forget about You know, like, what's going through his mind? I mean, we think, like, oh, it's Daniel, and, you know, he had a faithfulness in God. Yeah, but even in that, he's human. Like, so... Was he hugging him? And like, oh, little kitty, you're just so cute. Dogs are better, but you're a kitty, you know. Like, what was going through his mind? Well, how, you know, he literally faced, and God allowed it. I'm going to show myself so strong by letting you face death. And that's, you know, Job, Job faced that. So many folks, uh, Joseph went down, down, down to, the, to, to prison and, Worthless. I mean, it's like, why God don't you deliver when I want you to? Why don't you answer when I want you to? Why don't you heal when I want you to? God has been, you know, five weeks now with his knee. It's like, God, like, okay, I've been elevating, resting, icing like they said, and nothing's helped. Come on, God. You know, and God's nudging me in my spirit about some things, and it's like, you know, like, you're going to deal with it till you deal with some other things. It's like, yeah, thanks, God. Like, no, you're supposed to be I am being faithful. I'm helping you, you know, and that's, that's my inner dialogue with God lately. <laughs> we have to trust him, his way. Um, so this is not a trust God to perform how we want type of trust. It's a complete trust. No matter how it looks, what timing he comes through in, how close to the end of things we get, God is faithful. God is faithful. We can trust him. We can trust him. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we, at least I do, we read scripture and, you know, read all these Daniel and the lion's den. It's like something I grew up on. And it's like this huge, like, Daniel was a real person. The old saying goes, he put, on his, he put on his pants one leg at a time, just like you and me. He got up every morning, ate breakfast. wonder what, he probably ate muesli. <laughs> he didn't eat Cheerios, <laughs> along with his vegetables. Amen. But he was a normal person. And sometimes we like, well, he was superhuman. That's why he survived that. No, really, it was just about his consistency with the Lord. Praying every day. And it's, you know, yeah, it says he prayed three, day, times, uh, three, day, three times in the day. And you're like, man, he just he prayed so long. Well, just, just pray for five minutes a day. Start there. Start in the word of God for a few minutes a day. Read a scripture and, and let it grow in you. God is faithful. Out of that, 
You may be facing lion's den someday. I don't know. I don't know what God has for us. Lord, take us out of there before we face Coliseum type things again. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not a doomsdayer in my thinking. But, you know, what if someday? I mean, never really thought about it, but maybe. But I, I want to have a relationship with God that I'll be, even though I like dogs better than cats, that I'll be like petting the cat and like, there you go, little lion. Phil loves you. Please don't eat me. And I'll remember this message and be like, all right, I preached this, like, uh, or taught this, like, help me, Lord. <laughs> We're human. But we are human, and we can choose to have a relationship with God. And out of that, he is faithful as we're faithful to him. He's always there. Even when we make mistakes, he's there. Even if you don't have a relationship with God and you know you've been here long enough, yeah, I got to pray, I got to read my Bible, and you know you're not doing it, he's faithful. He loves you. He cares for you. And he's just saying, come on, I just, I just want to talk. I just want to be there. I want to be your God. I want to be your help. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much, Jesus, for the example of Daniel that we have in the Bible. A man, just like, uh, just like us, Lord. Someone who, who, who slept, who rose, Lord God, and who saw favor in his life. Why? Because he had a relationship with you. Lord, help us all to, to, Lord, further our relationship with you. Grow our relationship with you. Be consistent in our relationship with you, just like Daniel, so we can face all these situations. So when trials and tribulations, uh, frustrations, Lord Jesus, come our way, that, Lord, we know that you are there with us. You'll guide us. You'll lead us through, God. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your love, for your word. Thank you for your word. Speak to us, Lord, someone here this morning, let it sink in their spirit this week and, and marinate, Lord God, and, and produce fruit, Lord God, for their growth, God. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go get those lions from the teachers. I mean the kids. Amen.